Hello and welcome. Welcome to Hazardous Opinions. I'm Andy. I am, I, <laughs> that's Andy. I'm Eric. And this is Courtney. Hi. She is our guest today because she also watched the movie that we are covering today, Goodwill Hunting. Indeed. And also, I have nothing better to do, so here I yeah, am. Yeah, she has nothing better to do, so <laughs> she joined two losers to do a podcast. She is also the third loser now. Yeah, I am part of the three amigos now. Yep. We just want to uh, we're accentuate duo, the... Uh, we're a trio. <laughs> want to add to the Midwest vibe here of the podcast and yeah. add a third. Add a th- <laughs> <laughs> Yes, add a third. That's the Midwest slogan. I had a third. <laughs> so I think the Midwest is very against polygamy, but <laughs> sure. it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Goodwill Hunting came out in 1997. So before, I believe, before all three of us were born. Oh yeah, most definitely. Only by a year. Okay. Um, by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, not by a long shot. By Okay, three years. It depends three, on the four. month of that year. Because I was born the March in March the following year. So if it was like December when this came out, like this came out three months before I was born. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it came out January of oh, 98, so actually. Oh, so it's only two months older than me. Yes. I was christened by this movie when. Uh, when uh, I was born. So it was only three years. It came out three years oh. before I was born. Sorry, December 97. I think it released on DVD in January. That's that was so a complete cool. guess. When I said December, I did not. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the only a couple months off. It's pretty cool. Yep. But yeah, this was directed by Gus Van Zant or Sant. Yeah. I was looking through his previous works it seems like he only does music videos so this was kind of like a one-off super success which is odd yeah he just decided to do goodwill hunting and then after that he uh well he did a few other ones that i don't i don't know of elephant paranoid park drugstore cowboy (laughs) yeah but nothing you'll ever hear about like in the news like he did milk which was highly rated Uh, i haven't seen that one but other than that, he just like tons of music videos in there. Yeah. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Stone Temple Pilots, just a whole variety of stuff. Even Bowie. Wow. Very wide variety of what he's kind of done. And music wise. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Uh but this was written by uh Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And they were pretty yeah, young. They both wrote this. Yeah, they were and young. Played the parts really both well. The main stars. I actually didn't even recognize that it was Ben Affleck until I looked at the credits after. Really? I recognize yeah, him right away. He looks so young. He does. But yeah, that that is Benny Affleck. Yeah. And my favorite character of the movie was actually uh, Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck. Oh. Uh, he was the... Uh, the one that always wore the, um, what do you call it? The newspaper boy hat. <laughs> and oh, he was yeah. uh, getting made fun of. Oh, oh yeah. And he was yeah. just talking shit the whole time. He was in the back <laughs> yeah. seat, just like, like, uh, your burger's going on my way. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they were arguing about that. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah a he, whole, was, he uh, was by far my favorite. Yeah, they had a whole dialogue about that burger while he was in the back seat. All he did was ask for it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about that scene, but <laughs> I thought that was funny. They were fighting yeah, about like... paying a pass, paying a pay up for your burger. You know, you don't get it for free. Right. Yeah, <laughs> burgers on layaway. It was just sitting on the dash. He's like, well, I'll take your 16 to, cents uh, now. And you pay me your 16 cents a week until you pay off the burger. Yeah. And then you get it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if that, um, uh, now that I'm thinking back on it, that kind of made the dialogue maybe seem a little more real between them as, uh, as friends there, since those two were actually brothers in real yeah. life. So I think that, that, that helps. Yeah, it really did. And um, I was confused at first on why they just hopped out of the car and started getting into a fight it was only because uh he was a dick to him in kindergarten or something that like he was in class in kindergarten with them but he was or why did they start fighting i think it's for for two main reasons to show you that the matt damon uh mr will just likes to be a criminal and just wants to you know like deny his intelligence and like they could do something more in his life but also to show you that his friends on a whim without without even asking why are gonna go beat the shit out of some guys just because will asked him to so really that's why i think they did it just to to show those two things just because he asked them to i suppose yeah, he's like you're really loyal like, friends them up yeah and they're like sure let's do it yeah let's do it <laughs> And then uh, he's like, if we're going to fight, you should have done it a minute ago. Now we got snacks. And he's just back there eating a burger. <laughs> he's like, like, if you don't get out and help with. us, yep, we're going to kick your ass after we're done. Yep. But good. yeah, that was a was, good, uh, good scene. That was. And then after that, they went to the bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe so. And um, that was the part where. Ben Affleck's character, what was what was his character's name? Chucky. Chucky. Ben Affleck? Yeah. That's where Chucky was hitting on those girls, and the guy comes up and tries to oh. outsmart him. The blonde with the long hair. <laughs> yeah, the blonde with the long hair. And then um, Will comes up and basically just puts him in his place. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought that was, that was good. It was nice to... Uh, to have him bring in those intelligent quips to get back at the uh, the douche Harvard guy. Well, <laughs> Other than the one line about... Page. Yeah, the, the page number is like, okay, that's maybe a little uh, like super intelligent. Right. No, like, I if you think know the exact page number. We come... We, like, we have a theory that he has a uh, eidemic memory. Or eidetic memory? I don't... Eidetic... Uh, is that like, like photographic? Eidetic so. memory. Eidetic memory, more commonly called photographic memory or total recall. The ability to recall yes. an image or memory at high precision. At least for yeah, people. Skyler mentions that later. She asks him if he if he has one. And I th- I thought he said no. No, he didn't actually answer that right away. He actually went on about uh how some people can just do stuff yeah 
and apparently mathematics and science science and stuff just he he could just do it he can yeah you know but a lot of it he reads a lot of books not necessarily yeah books he gets um from the school just like any library book he looks at the page goes through it and boom instant just knows it all like he's a kind of like a photocopier his right. brain is just copying it as it goes but but at the time um his girlfriend asked him like uh like why does he read what was what was it it's something about chemistry it was this chemistry book and organic? she asked him why yeah organic chemistry yeah. like why would he read a book on organic chemistry for fun you know why would anybody do that no it's awful i wouldn't even do it so. yeah exactly so like why would he even do something like that i i don't think it was for, for fun i think um it's it's part of the backstory that we never fully get from uh, from will i have a feeling it's like maybe somehow a way to get out of his foster home is to go maybe. to the library and so you just spend all of his time there so he's not at home being abused. That makes yeah. sense like a hideaway. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense it, you can kind of under you can kind of get that the character that he's trying to portray isn't the kind of character that he wants to be, but he just wants to be tough because he's actually scared. Yep. It's overcoming fear. That's uh the moral story of this this movie it seems and there was only one person that could break it through his walls and get to him mr sean mr sean the my favorite character played by robin williams yeah he did great in this oh that he does good and amazing in any role ever absolutely he's an amazing actor yeah like i tell you what chief but um yeah, the, I think it was uh, that part where they went through, went to the park, and he really uh, talked to him about, you know, him being just a kid and not knowing anything about life, but acting like he does. And I think he, like, saw right through him. Because you could tell that, like, uh, you could tell that, you know, Will was just putting on a front the whole time. Well, sure. in a way, it's, it seemed like it became a defense mechanism for him was having this tough exterior, yeah. but inside he has a lot of kind of battles he's going through. I mean, going through abuse, like how else, you know, how else do you learn to defend yourself? You know, they can't be, you can't, if you can't depend on anybody else defending you, you, you have to learn yourself. how to do it yourself. And, and, you know, maybe it comes from. You learn how to build a bravado, I guess. Do you like apples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like apples. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Yeah. That was amazing. Slams it on the... Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that and that ends up being, best. you know, that girl that he ends up falling in love with, too. So... I f felt so bad for her. Like, he I broke know. her heart twice. Like, he had two chances to tell her how he actually felt, and uh, he told her he didn't love her pretty much twice. Oh, yeah. yeah and then but... he lets her, lets her go, like, almost a month for, without hearing from him before he decides to go to California. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, and that that's awful for her. But he just couldn't um, bear to let anybody else into his life. And I think, uh, you know, where it comes to the point where he either lets down his guard or, you know, says he doesn't love her, it was almost easier for him to say he doesn't love her, which is the sad thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, another defense mechanism, but I feel like um, even if you have a traumatic past, regardless if you've been abused or cheated on or whatever, it I, I don't feel like it justifies damaging someone else, even if maybe you didn't intend to. So I we, we don't see what happens in California, so hopefully his apology was significant, but... That's what he does, though. He uh, he finds pressure points in people. That's how he uh, knows how to keep other people in check, you know, to keep yeah. them away from him. He did yeah. that with all the therapists before he met uh, <laughs> Sean. And he even tried with Sean, but Sean was not having it, you know, he even put him in a chokehold. It's like, you better watch it, <laughs> Chief. I did yeah. really enjoy the, uh, the, the first therapist that he almost had. <laughs> to the point where he admitted he was gay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what are you going to tell me you're gay? <laughs> he just he has this way of just reading people, which is insane. But he does all that just because he has this huge fear of vulnerability. Yeah. Which is insane that he goes through all that just to well, not open himself up. Exactly. And he, he goes through all these therapists and these therapists are like kind of make a feeble attempt to uh, get him to open up. But before they can even do that, he will turn it on them. And as long as the attention is on them, they're not going to be talking about him. And I think that's the main thing. But the sad thing is they, instead of actually trying to help him anymore, they just give up on they him give completely. Up, like, right away. They I don't know leave. like if this was like a montage where, uh, you know, they wanted to shorten up the scene to where, you know, he's been here a few sessions already, but this is the last one or what? Or it's literally just one session and they just give up on him. I think it's more like the one session. <laughs> What yeah. it really shows, because like the way that Will kind of walks into the therapy sessions, he is just completely got all of his walls up, and he's ready to go in there just to mess with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure it's a once and done with all of them leading up to Sean. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did not expect going into this movie that it would be a therapy movie. <laughs> I was thinking, hey, this is going to be like like a beautiful mind. Like he's going to be progressing and doing something with the intelligence. But I, I think I, there was only one scene where they were even in a classroom again after they started therapy. Yeah. Like, because he said part of his parole is going to be you have to work with me and do math stuff. But yep. they don't really ever show that much in the movie again. It was just all about the, the therapy and, well, and Skyler. Because he didn't want to do any math stuff, you know? And that that was also another thing. Like, the guy that got him out of jail, Lambo. Yep. He wanted him to do math. He he wanted to do ext- he wanted him to do extraordinary things with the talent that he has. Which I can understand that. But 
he never asked once what he wants to do. We like it, like it becomes obvious, like what he wants to do is stay in Boston and, um, you know, just hang out with his friends every day and get into fights and stuff or do whatever. Right. But, you know, that was also another thing, like what was keeping him in Boston? He didn't want to pursue anything that would make his talents go to use. But he he would rather put himself in Boston and do the things that he did. Like he'd rather be there, you know. I think yeah. a lot of it was, you know, he was comfortable being in Boston and, you know, that's where his friends were, the ones who were kind of just supporting him and being there for him a lot of it was he was emotionally connected to Boston and him having this fear of vulnerability the last thing he's going to want to do in that moment is get up and move to a whole nother place where you got to be vulnerable to learning the a new life in a whole different area it's kind of a culture shock yeah no I I can I can imagine that because like if he moved to somewhere else to do whatever he wanted and he was by himself like he's uh at that point no he's no better safeguarded than when he was when he was a kid you know and i think that's what he was trying to avoid yeah and um his friends were super supportive like all three of them were actually they were happy that he left at yeah the end. especially chucky well he chucky like he actually told that. him like you you know i hope one day that you <laughs> i go to your house and you're not even there you just up and leave. Yeah. You know, like, that scene I don't, that's was crazy. emotional. Yeah. When we I had never, that conversation. Like, that is very, that is great friends. I don't, like, you know, usually there is some, some sort of uh, selfishness when it comes to friends. Is like, oh, I want you around because I enjoy your company. But, like, Chucky, he didn't care. He's like, I, I don't care what you do. Just get the fuck out of Boston, you know? Yeah. And I, exactly. I just really touch. Do something with your gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you don't deserve to be, you know, breaking concrete for the rest of your life. When he could be working at, you know, NSA. He told the NSA to fuck off. Like I thought that was the craziest shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I can understand not wanting to do that, like code breaking and stuff. I don't know what that is exactly, but can't imagine it'd be a great job. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't have clashed well with his personality type either because it's it's a government entity and he yeah. does not like to take orders from anyone. Nope. Yeah, he would not do very well in that kind of position at all. Yeah, he wouldn't. Well, he knows law, you know? He he defended himself. Multiple and times. <laughs> got himself exonerated multiple mm-hmm. times in court. Like, that's crazy, right? Like not very many people could do that. No. If any at all. Yeah, I think he's got he's got the really good recollection, um, that that photographic memory as as you mentioned. Right. I don't know if he actually has the the law knowledge, just he knows what the words are. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a lot of a lot of his intelligence too is I, I wish they showed us more about him actually um knowing the topic deeply like like the first two math problems he solved rather yeah. than 
just knowing what the answer is, like knowing how to get there, understanding the the topic he's actually talking about. Yeah. It was insane that he could even he was solve using that words. Problem. He was using a lot of words that uh that I I didn't even know what was like I. <laughs> do you remember those words? They were like ibelic or something. Imbi it it uh fuck. I have no idea. <laughs> I'd have, to see, I'd have to watch the scene to know what he said, but he was using some weird-ass words to confuse them. Yeah, and uh, that, that judge was not taking his shit uh, no. like every other judge before has. He's like, you're going away. He did his <laughs> research. He was like, okay, nope, this can't fly by me anymore, so this is done. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a lot of Robin Williams movies, but I don't know if I ever remember him swearing. At least not as much as he did in this one. No, he dropped the f bomb a lot in this one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one of the more impassioned ones is when he's in the bar with uh, with Lambo. Yeah, it did you arrogant fucking prick? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Well, he is an arrogant fucking like, Jesus. Prick. Yeah. Uh, every time that Will is brought up, he thinks that. He, he thinks that uh, every time that they argue, they think that it's because uh, he got to be successful and Sean didn't. And then, like, Sean's like, dude, we're not even talking about you. We're, like, I was like that, too. I'm like, we're nobody's talking about you right now. <laughs> and yeah, he's always like, oh, you're just jealous because I got the opportunity that I have and you didn't. It's like, dude, nobody's talking about you. Yeah, he just continuously like, was attacking yeah. Sean for how many no times, reason. How many times have he, has he accused him for being jealous for, for some reason? I got no vibe that Sean was jealous of him. Oh, no, Sean. But yeah, he thinks that. Was, Sean was very happy and just appreciative of even having what he's had so far in life and his biggest, most precious memories were with his wife which he was like he would never take that back he was more than happy to be where he is currently exactly and he he i think he stopped pursuing that you know mathematics career because of his wife i think that was right i think that's why he had no regrets or something Mm -hmm. yeah you said once uh when she started getting hospitalized he he pretty much had to uh stop to drop his work yeah. yeah. Yep. So he wasn't able to advance as far as Lambo did. But yeah, for some reason Lambo thinks that it's about him. And yeah, that bothered me a lot. So I just thought I'd point that out for anybody else who agrees with me. Shout out. <laughs> shout out in the comments. And that yeah. just I just thought of something interesting that so the Lambo, the only thing he sees as successful is only within like your job opportunities or if you've accomplished big things in your job or occupation, not so much of the successes in life, such as getting married, having kids or small things like getting a house or a car. He doesn't see that as a success. It's strictly a long job and your occupation and maybe even college and education. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Academic achievement. Seem to be the only important thing to him. There you go. Yeah. When he said... That damn metal. 
<laughs> that damn metal. Yeah, the fucking metal. Um, but yeah, he uh, when they were uh, having that conversation at the bar, I remember he kept mentioning uh, people that were famous for doing, you know, science stuff, science related stuff, and they were famous for it. And then he used that all those people as an example. And then Sean comes up with somebody who's like, it's like, oh, what? How do you know him? You know, the Unabomber. So Ted. Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. And then like it just proved the point that, you know, just because you're famous doesn't mean you've accomplished something great. You know, Mm -hmm. just, you know. And a great another really good reason why he brought up Ted is Ted was insanely smart. He had his IQ was insane and he was very intelligent and so, yes, he was smart academically, but was he a good person? No, he right. definitely was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I think Lambeau even used that to uh, to further his argument as well. He was like, like, yeah, this is exactly why I need to put him on this path mm-hmm. to uh, the path I want for him. That doesn't exactly prove a point either because, yeah, I guess. Well, if he's, if Will is resentful against being going down that path you know that could definitely crack him too of him not having his own choice that could cause him to exactly you know lose his mind or do something too yeah yeah i think uh sean robin williams his biggest argument was he can he can do that if he wants he can uh just sit around and be a failure and in lambo's eyes but it should be his choice it should be his choice. And there's going to be more people that have a genius IQ in the world. You know, it, it's like just because you have the ability to do great things, like what is, are you going to create some, do something great just because you're forced to do so? You're born with this amazing brain. Like, do you have to? I don't think so. Who's forcing you to? You should be able to do those life experiences you want to do. Like, imagine being born a genius. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> but uh, imagine being born a genius and everybody just, like, is holding a gun at you. It's like, do something cool, you know? It's like, <laughs> how are you going to do something cool? You know? I don't know. If anything, yeah, it's I make you just hate it until you just You'll stop. start to resent the the work that you do. And you're, you're not meant to do it. Yeah, and then you just won't be doing your job properly anymore. Yeah, it does. It does bring up the um, the interesting thought that uh, what if someone like like Einstein decided, hey, I I don't want to uh, to do this. I don't want to do relativity. Let's just send people some bombs in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> like how much our world has been would have been changed for the worse. I feel like I understand the argument on both sides. It should still be the the person's choice, but there becomes that that question of like like what if this person has the ability to cure cancer? You you can't force them to cure it, but like you're probably going to look at them like they're an asshole if they don't. Yeah, especially if it's something well, we need so desperately. How do you know if they have the ability to cure cancer? They would have like to the, prove of some sort. They'd have to prove something of some sort to for you to know that they'll be able to do that for all we know yeah. we were already so advanced already what would what good would will do 
he could just work for somebody and then not come up with anything new, even though he's good at math. He's just a really good calculator, you know? Yeah, but I think Lambeau recognized that in Will that he has the great potential to uh, completely change the world of mathematics like Einstein did with his level of intellect. Like the problems he solved initially on those chalkboards, I think he had mentioned it took like like many years for it to even be solved in the first place. Yeah. And here yeah. This, this person with no education just solved it, just looking at it. Yeah, and it's very impressive that Will was even to do it because it sounds like only those smartest like can do it not even all the people in mathematics who have um, Nobel prizes or awards can even do it and so the fact that this young boy who's not even in college was able to complete it with ease Mm -hmm. without even like pulling out a calculator or anything is absolutely insane it is. It proves a lot to of how intelligent Will is of him being able to just do it out of the blue like that. Yeah, he uh, compared him to uh, a guy in the past that similar to him. Was it Albert Einstein? No, it wasn't oh, no. Einstein. He was some guy in uh, Africa, right? Oh, he's yep. in a tribe of R- some sort. R- Ramadan. Ramadan, yeah, or maybe it was India or something. Mm. Yeah, Ramadan sounds right. Or it started with an R of some sort because Ramadan is also a holiday. So, um, I'm not 100. percent Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was Ramadan. It's something like that, though. It started with an R. I know that, but that's about it. Yeah, Rama Ramanujan. Ramanujan. There we go. I'm sure I butchered that, but that's what it looks like. It's better than Ramadan, you know. (laughs) Ramadan is a holiday. (laughs) He he was so famous at what he did, he got a whole holiday. Yeah, and his (laughs) name was Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I I did appreciate that the the movie didn't go with um, having another antagonist by... uh, I completely thought when they were in the classroom scene where they were like, okay, who's going to fess up to solving this thing so why are you i thought they were going to have yeah i thought they were going to have an asshole character you know come up and, and pretend to be the smart one i didn't even and think of that later was... find it would be will yeah i didn't even think of that that would have been interesting though I'm i mean glad yeah. they didn't because then we got to really because if that was the case then it would have been a whole nother yeah story it, it would have been another whole thing because then it would be like well then Will would have to prove himself. And like, Will doesn't need to prove himself to anything. You literally told him to yep. fuck off when he went to go question him on why he's writing on the board. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think if that was the case, they... Uh, it would have been really short. <laughs> it would have been short, but then he would have been like, they would have had him be like, okay, do it again. And then he, he wouldn't know how to do it. And then, you know. Yeah. Ponytail guy would come back and claim credit. Oh, yeah. he would try, but we all know that Will would definitely compete with him and totally He'd probably win. go fight Easily. him or something. Oh, yeah. and then he would violate his parole. <laughs> Mr. Ponytail yeah. would walk out with a black eye and a busted lip. Yeah. Well, why would yep. he fight him, though? Like, why would he care? Well, I mean, he doesn't really care who, like, who knows he did the 
but he he also does because he wouldn't have done it otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lambo Lambo brings that up as well. He's like, "Well, why did you get this job at this university uh, where you know like this stuff is being taught just so you could like go out and do that math problem?" Yeah, exactly. And he never said why he did it. I think it was uh, just like like he wants to be noticed for it. Like he wants to put his intelligence on display. He just doesn't want to to do anything with it. Right. And that makes sense because he uh, he unfortunately values himself lesser than um, what other people do. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he is cocky, though, about his abilities, for sure. <laughs> he is. But I think that's just to disregard, like, when people want to try to help him, he pushes them away by insulting them, usually. Even though he's cocky about it, he wasn't until Lambo started pushing his buttons. You know what I mean? And he's like, this shit's so fucking easy. He wouldn't have said that otherwise. Otherwise, other than that, he was just really cooperative and actually happy to do it. Like you could tell that like, he was enjoying that doing it. But whenever the subject came up with his friends, he kind of downplayed it. You know what I mean? So uh, you could tell it was something he wanted to do, but he just didn't want to do anything with it. Whenever he got pressured to do something else other than janitor in boston it, it, he got really defensive i think that was just all defensive yeah he uses a lot of that as a defense mechanism it seems like he's he he pulls that a lot yeah his first thing is going for insults so because <laughs> as soon as people get upset they stop uh getting on his ass usually um sean didn't give up on him when he did that though they literally sat there for hours in you know where they didn't say anything with each other i also heard from a actual therapist that they they actually do that sometimes sometimes uh, a client just wants to sit there and you know the therapist will just sit there with them and they won't say anything uh, i had yeah, that just had a I company had a therapist stare at me for 15 minutes yeah <laughs> It, it happens. Waiting, waiting for you to talk and, you know, just yeah. like they're being patient with you instead of, uh, instead of, you know, usually somebody will sit there and grind at you to say something. Um, and it, well, it's scary to be so vulnerable because whenever you go into a therapy um, kind of space, there's a lot of vulnerability that goes hand in hand with that. And that is Will's fear. He's not used to it. So he puts these defense mechanisms up over and over to try to force that therapist away because he is overall scared. And that we see that back in his relationship too, that he, when she starts really digging in and trying to figure out, you know, what he wants in the relationship and everything he just completely and uh, especially when she tries to dig into his past more he puts up this defense 
mechanism, even though he doesn't necessarily want to hurt her. It's the only thing he knows. It's like it, automatic at this point. Yeah, it's protection. It's just, it's a shield. It's going to go up the moment he feels threatened to show any vulnerability or anything he's scared of or fearful of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when a, when a dog is beaten and stuff or they're abused, like, they'll they'll bite people. Tend to be aggressive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. One thing I did wish they, they did with his trauma, and, and I don't think it would have made a major difference in the movie, but they did have him shirtless a couple times in the scenes, but they never panned down to show you the scars. I think the only time you see it was in the uh, the report that Sean was looking at at like, the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. About his, his abuse photos. But I do wish they would have like maybe showed us those scars or something where he got stabbed or something. And like, it would have been like an early hint into the movie that yeah, he was that, abused. Yeah. That would have been really interesting. Cause we, it's not, it's mentioned a few well, times. It, it is mentioned pretty early that he was abused. Well, no, he, it uh, wasn't mentioned that he was abused. It was mentioned that, uh, he was, no, it was when he was in the courtroom, he said they, he got transferred to several foster homes due to abuse. abuse. Yeah, so it is yeah. mentioned. And I know at one point his, she asks him, um, you know, what that that what it's about. And he mentions that it's from a surgery or that she yeah. believes that it was from a surgery and didn't really realize the truth of it until way later. Yeah, or, and- yeah, she Sorry. she does. No, you're good. I was just, I thought for a moment, I didn't know for sure if she knew it was abuse, but no, she realized it in like one of the breakup scenes, I think, or the fight scenes. No, well, yeah. that whole scene was one when they're in her dorm. Very intense. It was. Yeah, and when um, he tells her he, he doesn't love her. Yes, that big one. Yeah. Well, uh, he also, like, reveals that he was abused only because he got caught in the lie that he had 12 brothers. Uh, or he didn't have 12 brothers. He's actually an orphan. I I don't know if she found that out from somewhere else, but she asked him if he was an orphan. And, um, yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, she... Will was actually, like... Really bad liar, surprisingly, for someone that intelligent about uh, the whole brother thing. No, I thought it was really convincing. (laughs) Well, he didn't need to see 12 brothers, but he did like convincingly rattle off the names. He did. But then he said three of them live with me. And then later he, she didn't like call him out on the lie, but I think she noticed because he, uh, his friend said, no, he lives alone in a one bedroom apartment. Oh, yeah. When he previously like told her he lives with three of the brothers, and the rest like come down to visit occasionally, but I think he, he meant, just kept uh, like promising her to that that she'll meet him, and he just kept going into the lie further. Yeah, he could have went about that a little better. Yeah, and I think the reason why he did a lot of that was because he's kind of intimidated that he. Th- because she inherited money. He didn't realize it was because her dad died when she was young. 
he thought that, you know, she was one of those girls who got all of her money, daddy's money or whatever, and was able to go to Harvard and do all this. He didn't realize that her dad died. And so he held a lot of anger towards that, that she seemed like she had this perfect life and he sadly didn't get any of that whatsoever. He got the worst end of the stick. Very bad. Yeah. Very. It was awful. Absolutely horrifying and depressing that he was able that he had to go through all of that and still be stuck in Boston in that house. <laughs> but I'm glad eventually he realized he need to, you know, stop sitting around in Boston and really spread his wings yeah and i'm i'm sure i'm sure will would be a a lot happier um you know assuming you know will as a character went on to have a happy life after that hopefully he uh he really did get one of the the shittiest end of ends of the stick that you could get um exactly judging by the a level of abuse, getting um, stabbed and beaten in the way that the the pictures depicted. It's pretty like insane. Like if he doesn't have PTSD, he definitely has other forms of very very lasting trauma. And I think that's another reason that that Chucky has that conversation with him out at the uh, construction yard is because he has this gift. And he has a chance to to escape like this this bad hand that he was given, where so many people like Chucky, as he admits, don't don't have that chance. They're just they're sh- stuck with this shit hand and they have to live with it. Yeah. So yeah, he's like yeah, not... live live for all of us. Exactly. And that was amazing. I was not expecting Chucky to actually have that view or that opinion at all. And that whole speech and talk he gave to Will was, wow, it was amazing. It really was very Mm. insightful and just, it was fascinating. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Perfecto. I think the the real conversation that really uh, makes this movie is, uh, you know, when um, Will breaks down crying. When Sean tells him it's not your fault, yeah, over and over until he just breaks and hugs him. That and was like, wow. Yeah, and he's like, at first he was like, I know, but like, it just broke he down really, each wall. Like, each it's time. almost like he really like wanted him to understand. Like maybe like he could tell himself it's not my fault, but it really doesn't. He doesn't really understand it, but. You know, because when you're when you're abused as a kid, you don't you don't understand why you're being abused. So your first your only conclusion could be is like, I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. It you know? kind of stays. Yeah, I'm I'm what's wrong. Yeah, it stays in your head. It's really hard to believe that, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Because it becomes engraved in your head that it was all my fault if i didn't do this or if i did this differently then the outcome wouldn't have been this so it's all my fault yeah but raw 
Sean really pushing each time he said, you didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. It, it's like each time he said it, it broke down a wall. Right. Until we finally got to see Will vulnerable for the very first time, really, yeah. for him to let go. And the only thing he could say is, I'm sorry. And like, it's almost like he knew that he was hurting people, but he just, he didn't care because he was really scared. He was terrified. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think he just, I don't know. It's something like somebody want, like somebody to understand him. Cause I don't even think his friend understood like how badly that fucked him up, you know? No. And well, especially if they haven't been through abuse or anything, they're not gonna, no, they couldn't. Or even being in the foster care system, they're not going to have any clue, but I know that at least they were very supportive of him and they did their best. Honestly, they were very understanding of him and leaving because it seems like a lot of times, as you mentioned before, friends kind of don't want you to go because, you know, they're it's always like, I need you. I You can't leave me, you know. Right. You got to stay yeah. together. But they were like, dude, you need to go. Yeah. And that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, it also helped that uh, Sean – pretty much understood what he went through because, you know, his father was abusive. He's an alcoholic. So they, they actually understood each other on that kind of level. So I think that was where he was able to trust him. And I think a lot of that was Sean being able to open up to him because most of the time therapists don't open up at all. They, they're just there to write down and listen. Right. But Sean just, vulnerable and that's kind of what helped will to be like okay i i kind of am feeling better and you could tell with every single session they had it was just a breakthrough once they hit that part where they were just silent the entire one or Mm -hmm. entire session by the next one it got a little bit better until eventually they're like best friends they're buddies you know right yeah I think a lot of that was because, as you mentioned, Sean and Will are very similar. And they, Sean is obviously, he's been through a lot more, a few more life experiences, but he has a very similar past to Will. Right. So he's able to connect with him, but he's also able to give him kind of the gift and the, what future experiences might be for you. They're not always going to be great. But, you know, you got to keep opening up and be vulnerable in those moments. It has to. You have to be vulnerable around somebody. Eventually. Eventually, You know, it's going to have to happen. If you don't, then you just don't trust anybody. And that's, you know, I think uh, humans thrive uh, by being social and being able to be vulnerable with somebody. And I think that's how you grow. You're able to grow from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Sean was the perfect therapist for for someone like Will. Between like his own abuse uh, from his dad, so he knows that kind of thing. He knows he's a veteran kind of, too. Like, yeah, yeah, the pain and loss and suffering from losing his wife, going through. I think they implied it was Vietnam that he served in. 
Yeah, yeah. it sounded like Vietnam. And not only that, but because of his military experience, he primarily worked with military people as a therapist. So he knows PTSD, which Will probably has as well. Yeah. So he just, he knows how to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think Will definitely has some kind of childhood PTSD, most definitely. He might not be diagnosed with it, but it's very clear with how he... Yeah, PTSD shows in many forms. Oh, yeah. And um, you don't exactly have to be diagnosed with it to have it. And I mean, that much is obvious, but it comes in subtle ways. Most of it comes in ways of shame. I think shame is the most ambiguous emotion that we could feel. Yes. And it gets it gets overshadowed by a lot of uh, other emotions like anger or mostly anger and sadness and grief. Yeah, it's not really uh, an emotion that you can really pinpoint. No. Uh, but because it comes in so many different forms. Yeah. But it's, it's always there. It's different for everyone, especially depending what you've been through, whether it was war or childhood traumas or a accident of some sort or whatever. It comes in every in a bunch of different forms. Mm-hmm. And it's very unpredictable for everyone. You know, most of the time with veterans, they have nightmares or night terrors, but you're not going to always see that across the board with other forms of PTSD. Right. They might have a bad dream here and there, but it's not always going to happen. They might be experiencing it in a different way. Exactly. That's our, like... A lot of people don't understand PTSD. It's like, oh, you know, it's easy to be downplayed. It's easy to downplay it, too. It's like, oh, their life wasn't so bad. How can they have PTSD? You know, and then, you know, it's like, well, they're not they're not super scared all the time. So it's there's no way they could have PTSD because obviously people know what PTSD looks like. I don't even know exactly what it looks like, but it's I mean, it could be there. It could be happen to anybody. Yeah. You, know, you don't know until you know. But sure. Yeah. Sean was the perfect one for him. And uh, it was, it's, uh, yeah. On to a little bit of a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this movie was really quiet. I know there's, there's a bit of a sou- soundtrack in here, and I even had um, Elfman with the score, but. I feel like I didn't even notice any music in this movie other than um, Afternoon Delight, but then it was mostly uh, Matt Damon singing it and then using it as one of the outro songs as well to the movie. But yeah, I, that's what. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I didn't notice any really any music going on. Yeah, it was because we were yeah we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, and I, I just can't remember any like any music at all. There is very little music, but that I just shows how powerful this movie is. Right. That it doesn't need music it does necessarily. Not. And, I, and uh, I don't know if that's a classic trope with dramas. The dramas usually no. have... Uh, they have music or some kind of like something leading up to it or something usually. Yeah. Most of the time. Well, most of the dramas that have come out in the last like 
10 years, but dramas are a little bit older. They don't always have music, but most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the the silence of this movie, uh, it did have the tracks, but I feel like they just, they chose ones that blended well enough that um, you didn't even realize. And uh, it helps you think a lot more throughout this movie uh, to focus on the dialogue rather than any distractors in the background. Yeah. Yeah, it meshed really well with the movie. Yeah, this was uh, this was one of the most emotional movies I think I've seen in the last decade. <laughs> me too, honestly. Like, had me crying a yeah. lot. It brought some tears, definitely. It's a really good movie because it's not it's not your typical like chick flick, sad, emotional. Yeah, movies I've been seeing in the last like 10 years, but or like five more like, but it's done in a way that it brings a lot of emotion emotions to the table and you can relate kind of a little bit to Will as well here and there. But yeah, no, it is a great movie. Yeah, I was. I was pretty close to uh, in tears during that the conversation between Will and Skyler. The one where he starts getting a lot more heated and, and he's uh, yelling at her and kind of like exposing some of his um, past trauma and that whole conversation. And she's just in tears trying to uh, be as supportive as she can for him, but he, he doesn't want to want to let her in. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was close from that. And then, the the conversation between Will and Chucky, I think, just that should push me over the edge. It's just a whole bunch of emotional scenes in this movie, as well as is the final one with with Sean and um, with Sean and Will. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them just had me tearing up. It was, and then when you got to kind of see a little bit of the file too from his abuse, that had me tearing yep. up a little bit there too. But definitely the kicker for me was the um sean and will at the end there when he finally opens up it was yeah it was really the tearjerker for me really sad well and it uh, also like it was it was sad but it also kind of was like happy tears in a way because you're like oh he finally opened up and you're just so happy for him but it's a lot of emotions it's just overall a very, very powerful moment in this movie. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. So, in the end, if you're uh, a sap for movies about therapy and <laughs> past trauma, or... If you need uh, a good, good icebreaker movie for your first date... Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's better. That's yeah. way better. I'm sorry, that Maybe. was horrible. Well, and so a good movie that has it, it is is really good. Honestly, it's amazing. It's like I, I, I like to say it's a good icebreaker movie would be kind of iffy, but like you could use it. I, I would say like if you watch this on the first date, like it's not bad. I mean, it brings a lot of conversation because I know that. Once we finished watching the movie, we had a lot to talk about once we were done. It was a really good conversation starter. And you got a, a little, cute little romance maybe a little going too on deep too. For the first 
date, but I mean, eh, I think it would be. Who a doesn't good like a deep conversation? Well, and it doesn't hurt to have those like deep talks. You know, it's a good thing to talk about eventually. You know, and it has a good um, kind of storyline and theme to it. So. It's definitely a good movie to watch. I think with whomever, you know, it's great. <laughs> it's a great movie. That's my main thing. I love the movie. It's great. Maybe not like a party or something. Oh, if you're I, having a movie yeah, party. No. Oh, I would watch it. Definitely gonna bring a it glass down. Glass of wine, <laughs> party, <laughs> and cry. Well, I mean, <laughs> people like to laugh and people like to cry, depending on who you are. I like to do both on the occasion. Uh, if, you, if you're like a macho man and don't like to show vulnerability, then uh, Too bad. Maybe you don't Here's like to cry. Movie. Uh, I feel sorry for you. It's good to cry every once in a while. It's um, a good movie for someone to watch if they're a macho man. They could relate right. to Will. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, you think you relate to Will? You're saying every macho man is just well, someone who's scared shitless? Well, you never know. Aren't we all? You never know. Well, they Aren't might we have all scared shitless? Who's got life figured out? Honestly, nobody. If you do, way to go. High you know five. that song? There ain't no such things. Halfway crooks. They're scared to look. I do. They're not. shook. I you have not mean? heard of that. <laughs> oh, man. I am. Crook ones. I have no idea. Uh, they're shook. Uh, shook ones. <laughs> shook ones. Yeah, but mob deep. Mob deep. Look it up. Huh. I, maybe later. Well, Maybe this is a good uh, second date movie then, because that's that's our uh, culture, is our generation now, right? Like we have sex, and then second base is sharing our trauma, yeah. and then we go like shopping and doing chores together. This third base. Yeah. So yeah. this might be a good second, yeah, a good second date movie. Something more, I think, funny, more of a comedy. Maybe the first date, I think, would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I think this would be a little too serious for the first date. Well, I would watch anyway, but, you know. You'd watch it anyways, but. I'm not picky. I like any movie. It's better than, like, watching, like, Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Oh, I would watch that on the first date. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love myself a good true crime, so, you know, I would not pass that. I would take that any day, no matter what kind of Well, people watch horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's more of like a thriller, like excitement. Yeah, but Jeffrey disgust. Dahmer is a horror, um, scary movie of real life. <laughs> yeah, that's just that just messes with your head. Like, there's people out here. They exist. They're among us right now. They exist know? somewhere among us. Yeah, we don't know yet, but we we'll don't find know them. who they are. But they're out here and they're doing stuff and it's, all it's not sus. good stuff. It, they're awful. <laughs> yeah, they're all sus. But Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won uh, Oscars for this. They, they are amazing. It. They do. Uh, for acting or writing? Writing. Writing, yeah. They're really good. They've been paired up for quite a few movies for writing, and they're just marvelous. Right. They're in, And they're so young. Or I don't even know how young they were when they... They were pretty young. They look... Looking at them, they look pretty darn young to be able to win... And to write this and act into act in this, this is extremely impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I can't was, even uh, twenty-seven. Day. Matt Damon is twenty-seven. What uh, at the time of this movie? Oh wow! So he looks a if lot. If that was younger. in ninety-seven, 
He's like yeah. almost 50 now. Oh, he's... Yeah, 52, 53. 57. No. He's 57? No. <laughs> what? I did math wrong. How does that I'm math not work? doing the math. Will would have figured this out. Oh, yeah. He would have yeah. totally on the spot. <laughs> Damon was actually, uh, actually born in the... Uh, in Boston, which must be why they keep casting him in these uh, Irish roles. He's a uh, wow because he's in The Departed. I don't know if, if you've seen that one, which is also I, no, I, I haven't. haven't actually up in this the area. Departed. I, I saw it was on Netflix also. I've not seen yes. that, but I've seen the good old The Martian. <laughs> You've seen uh, yes. the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, that's really good. I've not. That is a good I started movie. watching it, but I never finished it. I like. Oh, you you need to finish it. It's a good movie. Huh. Damon actually doesn't have that many writing credits. He has uh, this one and three others. Huh. Hmm. He did Last Duel, though, which just came out like uh, last year. Last The Last Duel? The Last Yeah, what? it was like... Uh, it's the... I think it's Medieval Times where he was accused of sleeping with the, the princess or queen or something and it's got uh adam driver in it uh mr kylo ren and um so they're gonna like fight for her or something i I don't actually know what the movie's really about but i I think it got good reviews yeah they came out last year so yeah he hasn't written very many i'm surprised i suppose with all the acting he's done who has time to write you know, yeah, yeah. He does not uh, I know Ben Affleck that. does more more writing. Yeah, yeah, he did like I think it was Argo and stuff like that. I know he's gotten a lot of awards for his writing. Yeah, well, not that much more. Huh? I'm surprised. He's written eight, while uh, Matt Damon written. Oh, he also writ- wrote uh, the, last the last duel. duel. He's done so also he Live him. by Night, The Town, Gone, Baby Gone, and I've Push seen The Nevada. Town. That one was cool. But he has also two that he's oh. working on right now. He's going to be uh, writing Air Jordan. Air Jordan. I don't. Oh, it's completed. Yeah. So so oh. is Damon on that one. So Oh, he's also on Air Jordan? They, they pair up yeah. a lot, don't they? Oh, Ben Affleck's the director on that one. Wow. Yeah. Well, Star. He also stars in it. So, <laughs> wrote it, yeah. directed it, starred in it. That is a lot to do. Yeah. Holy, holy! I think he did that for uh, for Argo as well. I believe he was either the director or writer for it, and then uh, starred in it as well. That's cool. Sounds like a movie I'm excited for. After seeing this movie and the writing they did on this, like it's gonna be great. Well, we definitely need to watch more movies that involve the duo there. They're definitely right, yeah. very, very I wonder impressive. If there's a list we do. could look at that filters that out with them together. But um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, any other current movies or shows you're watching right now? Yeah, today we watched Prisoners. It was good. It was uh, mind-boggling. It was. It was. It's like a mystery. So you're just sitting there wondering the whole time. And it's great because, like, not very many, many movies do that. Usually they give too many hints away or um, they you just you're so confused that it just doesn't make any sense. But this makes enough sense to keep you guessing. But, you know, it's like trickling in cute uh, clues and stuff. It's really great. 
And it leaves quite a few mm. like questions at the end. So it's a really, so maybe that's what you list, watch it on a first date. You have a lot to talk about then because you're like, what? What happened with this? Like, yeah. what do you mean it's done? Well, I was it sitting there done. thinking about it after we watched it and she went up to the bathroom and then like, <laughs> while she's up in the bathroom, I came up and I'm like, I hope they make a second one because I want to know what the hell happened. <laughs> but yeah, good movie. What about you? Huh. I'm still just watching uh, Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. I'm, uh, oh, okay. That's really good. Slowly trickling away at that. I've mostly just been playing games, not watching as many movies. Uh, jumping That's between like, uh, like Fable and Sleeping Dogs and, and Battlefield. So. Good games. I'm uh, a jumping good. around started, right now. I started playing uh, Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, uh, it's actually really fun. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm hoping to play it tonight if uh, I'm allowed to. A, not as not as bad to. as the movie. What? Not as bad as as the movie turned out. There was a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. it had that one girl so, from uh, Resident Evil. From Resident Evil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. Yep, oh, and the same director as Resident Evil. So yeah, that was just called Monster Hunter. But um, yeah, no, it was not good. It was way better as a game. <laughs> I don't know. I never seen the movie, but I I'm assuming the game would be more enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's very it's rare like we it's... get a good video game adaptation. You seen it though? Yeah. I, well, I can't say I've seen all of it. Maybe about two thirds before I fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> I doubt it could have improved. <laughs> it looks or... like really high budget, though. Yeah, for sure. It like, definitely had a lot of a good good effects. It just the story was just dog shit. Oh, maybe oh, it was. I mean, but you know, we don't watch Godzilla for the story, do we? We don't <laughs> want to see big monster destroy stuff. That is true. That is, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, we, we we don't even oh. really need the human storylines like just to show us the big monsters hitting the show. Exactly, other. man. But I guess it would, why would it be Monster Hunter then? It'd be just monster. Right. <laughs> There's also a movie We've... that's on uh, I think Netflix. It's called Troll that I saw Ooh, yeah. a trailer for, and like I kind of want to watch it. My uh, my dad just recommended me this, so it's on my list. He said it was very good. Was it Ooh, okay? Okay. It's uh, it's in Swedish or Norwegian, so you need I think subtitles. Swedish. Yeah. So, but he said it was good. It's worth it. All right. Yeah. So next week, well, I suppose not next week. Next week is as dusk falls, but yep. the the week after that for movies uh, is gonna be Fight Club. Yeah. So I, I still can't believe you haven't seen. The classic, the myth, the man, the legend. <laughs> yes, I have I've been Brad slacking. And... You'll like the movie. It's really good. Yeah. I, I watch are, it we're... a lot. I've watched it multiple times. I also made her watch it with me yeah. multiple times. So <laughs> We're sticking with quite the theme. Here, we're sticking with quite the theme of mental illness media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh but that's the good media, man. It's uh <laughs> it's unique, you know? It, we all have yeah. 
something wrong something with us. going on in our head <laughs> whether we like to admit it or not yeah it might as well be real good to about see it media going down that route so yep yeah we did hellblade for our first game and then now we do this movie fight club let's say strange love even had mental illness what yeah yeah well that was just yeah. funny i don't know i don't even know <laughs> The song was know. definitely wrong with General <laughs> Ripper. But uh, I think it was just, I don't know. He was trying to protect our bodily fluids, okay? He yeah. was doing the world then, service. Not going to spoil the picks yet, but next year has got a few mental illness movies coming up as well. So yeah, look forward to those. Pay attention. We're going to talk to you more about what's wrong with humanity. And how to fix yourself. Yes. So, well, try to fix yourself. At try least. to fix it's yourself. That's easy. all you can do. That's you, all you can do. If you attempt, do. that's great. If you go know something's it. wrong, all you can do is try to make it better. <laughs> Just because you're born with it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't hurt. It's not a bad thing to go to therapy. It doesn't make you any less macho. No. And I hate, I hate that stigma too. It's you know? stupid. It's really dumb. You know, therapy helps. Yeah, it's awkward talking about your feelings, but it really does make you feel better at that. If, if it makes you feel better, who cares? Yeah, you know? screw them. Screw the people who think otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, and it relates really well into our uh, our sponsor here for the episode today. Woo! Yeah, better help. Raycon. No. Oh. They're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that... <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear the demons if you got your Raycon earbuds in. <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. I had no idea. Raycon, bye now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Use code hazardous for 20% yes. off your next purchase of Raycons. And, uh... Well... You know, it really helps. It just drowns everything out, you know. It drowns everything out. <laughs> Listen to music more. Yeah. Or podcasts. You know, it helps you distract yeah. from the the disturbing thoughts. If you really need to just scream some Adele in the shower or some T Swift, you know. Exactly. Just go for it. I guarantee you you know you know, there is a statistic that listening to metal also releases endorphins that makes you feel less angry. So really? next time you're angry, don't punch a wall. Just listen to metal. Do some hay- headbanging a little bit, all right? Try some screamo, too, while you're at it. Screamo, yeah, man. I swear, bro. For sure. You're not going to be angry after it because you just went hard on that soundtrack. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. Take care of yourselves, guys. See ya. See ya. Adios, amigos. <laughs>